This program was previously recorded. The following program is a paid presentation. The views and or opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of KWAM. Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Security Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth, I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess, you're from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff, I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Welcome to Talk Money, where we talk about our city and everything financial. If you have questions about today's program or would like to ask me a question, just send your questions to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Today's program, what are some of the common misconceptions about the career of being a financial professional in the financial services industry, a financial planner? That's kind of the question. Joining me today is Robert Subject, Second Vice President of Individual Field Recruitment for Security and Financial Group, and Beth Hysaw. She'll be with me as she's also our recruiter and development specialist at Shoemaker Financial. We're going to ask them, what does the future of supply and demand for advisors tell us about what we need in the United States? That's kind of an important question. In the second half of the program, frequent guest Shannon Dyson will discuss what type of health plan is right for you. Have you ever tried to make the decision, and should I choose a high deductible or a low deductible? Well, these are tough questions for a lot of people, and Shannon's going to help us with the answers. You do not want to miss the second part of today's program. From our Did You Know files, according to the Consumer Technology Association, the proposed tariffs, ready for this, on imports from China would increase the cost of TVs made in China and sold in the United States. By 23%. Now, ready for this statistic? 47% of all TVs bought in the United States come from China. That may just impact how much you pay. So buy your TV now before the tariffs get started. A recent survey done by LendEDU. LendEDU says 26% of consumers with credit card debt admit they're embarrassed by their debt because they spend above their means. So ask this question. If you're embarrassed... Why do you spend so much money? (laughs) You know, I don't get it. So think about it. A study of over 600 physicians by Mike Hawking Company said 74% of those that were questioned said new federal policy that allows states to require applications to work or seek a job. They agree if you're going to get your Medicaid benefits. That's kind of kind of an important thought. Department of Labor says 75% of high school graduates enroll in college less than a year after graduation. Way to go, kids. Way to go. 7 out of 10. Coming up, Robert Subjects and Beth Hysaw. What a career we have with the financial service industries. Find out more about it. What are the misconceptions? I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 107.9 and AM 990. This is Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Talk 
Hi, this is George Bryant, General Manager of The Voice FM 107.9 and AM 990 with a special announcement. If you're an expert in your field, if you represent an organization, if you think you can help Memphis become a better place by sharing your life experience on family, environment, health, relationships, government, home improvement, raising pets, whatever your passion is, give me a call. If you've ever wanted to have your own radio show or podcast, now is the time. We have immediate openings, so call me today. You can be the host of your own show, a show that you own. Talk to Memphis on The Voice, FM 107.9 and AM 990. My number is 901-261-4200, extension 228. That's 261-4200, extension 228. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, welcome back. I've got a very special guest with me today, Mr. Robert Subject, Second Vice President of Individual Field Recruitment from the Wealth Management Group of Security and Financial Group. And he's going to talk about the misconceptions and the supply and demand for our industry, the financial service industry. Welcome to the programs, Robert. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, Robert, I want to start right off the top because I think so many times people, I know you interview a lot of people and therefore, and you kind of, you've got a whole team of people because of your responsibility as the field recruiting development person there at, at the Wealth Management Group. But really, when you interview people, what do you anticipate or expect people to say or do in an interview? If you're just saying, here's why you should interview, what would you tell someone? You know, Jim, I'm looking for people, both men and women, that are self-starters, uh, looking for folks that have some confidence. Uh, and But really, what this business is about is uh, people that can build and foster relationships. So as I'm talking to people, I'm really looking at people that want to be around people and work with people. You know, you talk about fostering relationships. I, I just was talking to someone the other day that said he was interviewing, he was a restaurateur, and he was interviewing, he was talking about with his people, he said, what are you going to do with your interviewing? And they were interviewing people to, to come in, and he was looking for his receptionist. I mean, the person at the very beginning of the, I guess you might say the hostess, and this person was coming in, and she was a young lady, very attractive, and she had a big smile, and he, the guy said, boy, she's really going to do good. Her smile, she was full of braces. Now, you know, for someone that smiled with a lot of braces, that person, and this is what the guy said, exhibited what you just said, confidence, confidence in themselves, and they greeted people well. And so when you're looking for someone, you're just looking for that first impression, or can a person start with a bad impression, and can they overcome that? They could possibly overcome it, Jim, but it's really, you know, that first impression is really what's going to be the impact to not only uh, me as an interviewer, but also to potential clients. So you really want to make sure that person is able to come across with a very good first impression. Well, let me introduce Beth Heisall. Beth Heisall is also a part of our recruiting. She's our recruiting specialist at Shoemaker Financial. Beth, when you're talking to someone, what are you looking for? What are you saying about that? Is that, as Robert says, they can overcome a first impression, but is it tough? It is tough. Um, I always believe in giving people the benefit of the doubt because, you know, nerves run high when you're in an interview However, at some point, you've got to relax, open up, exude that confidence, and communication is really key. 
That's, in an interview. That's a good point. Good communication, a self-starter, as Robert said. Robert, what are some of the misconceptions about this career, the financial service industry, being a financial planner? What are the misconceptions? You know, most people think that you have to be a mathematical whiz or have to have some economics or finance degrees to be successful in this business, but that is a misconception. You know, while analytical skills are very, very important in this business, it goes back to what we talked about a little earlier, Jim, building and fostering relationships and being able to to care about the people that you serve. I was talking earlier in the monologue about 70%, 7 out of 10 kids graduating from high school today are going straight to college within a year. So in four years, they're going to be stepping out into looking for careers. What about the future supply and demand in the United States for advisors? I mean, I've always told everybody, you know, and I've been doing this a long, long time, and I've said, guys, we're never going to run out of money, and there's always going to be need for managing it, and people want someone to help. But is there a need? Is there a good demand for this career? Absolutely. You know, uh, the average age of an advisor is about 51 years old, and more than half of those advisors are over 55. So, you know, the Department of Labor says that over the next 10 years, that increased, increasing need for financial advisors is going to go up by about 27%. So there's definitely a need for folks as they go into retirement and as the population grows need more financial advisors to take care of them. I actually was reading in the U.S. News and World Report, Beth, that this really, this career is in the top 10 and actually scored number eight as far as future careers. Yes, um, actually it was. It's one of the top careers in 2018 and going to 2023. This is still a career that is is just kind of on the surface of just really and it's growing, growing it, it's fast. growing and continuing. There is a need. There is this whole idea behind people being a part of what we're talking about. And again, people want yes. someone. I know there was this fear that maybe people would no longer use the advice, but I've always said, you know, in this career, you develop an intellectual property, you develop an ability to help people, and and again, it's it, it's all about confidence. It's about building relationships. So if you happen to be that type person, this is a good, solid career. Robert, what are some of the benefits, the unique benefits? I mean, I've said for my career, it's the fact that I get to help people. I've been on the side of joy things that, you know, from its college degree that they're earning, and we've helped them get to that point, buying their first home, to being on the sad part where we're at the funeral. We're helping a family get through those very trying times. What do you see as some of the benefits and advantages of this career? You know, it has a couple of different uh, benefits that may reach to uh, many of your listeners and audience, uh, but there's a flexibility to this role. Uh, there is the income potential that, uh, that can be relatively high in this role. Um, I think there's job security in this role, Jim. Uh, the unemployment rate for financial advisors is at 1.5%, which is amazing to me. And then uh, to your point a little earlier, you get to make a meaningful impact on your clients. You know, that's a job that has true meaning, and, and you can sort of feel uh, the, the overall wealth of, the, of, of opportunity that you have to, to make an impact on your community. If you just tuned in, my guest, second vice president of individual field recruitment for the Wealth Management Group of Security and Financial, Mr. Robert Subjects, and Beth Hysaw, recruiting specialist for Shoemaker Financial. And we're talking about some misconceptions about the career as a financial advisor, some of the benefits and advantages of the career as an advisor. You know, I can say there were three things, and this is 1978, that I was looking for in a career. Number one, I thought, pay, pay me what I'm worth. I found out quickly that was probably not smart because I wasn't worth much <laughs> for a couple of years. But I understood that if I really worked hard and I really put in the energy and the effort, that I would be rewarded for my efforts. Number two, I didn't want to have a career that was boring. 
I looked at this career, Robert, that, you know, it was it was a challenge every day, Beth. I mean, the whole concept was every day I got up, there was something new, whether it was a change in the tax law it, or somebody was coming in that was going to present a real challenge for me to how to help figure out something for them. But third, in this part of my career, as I've gotten into the stages that I am today, where I now have a, you know, a client base that I'm really devoted to and I enjoy working with them, it's become the whole concept of leaving a legacy where I get to help people, as I said, whether it's the funeral or whether it's paying college education. It's the it's the concept of being a part of a family for a long period of time. I've got clients that I've had for 35, 38, 40 years, and I can't, 45 years since I've been doing this. I can't, I mean, it's just that's a part of this career that you cannot put into a, a, a real, I can't even tell you what it means to have someone you've worked with since they were a medical student, you know, and now they're, you know, retired as doctors and things. So I really do enjoy that part of what this career really does allow us to do. Robert, what what are the markets and demographics that you see that you would tell for a new advisor that has the most opportunity? You know, Jim, I think it's uh, two things from a market perspective. Think about things that uh, you have an affinity for. Your chess club, your uh, you know, your profession, uh, your bank, your credit union, uh, you're going to be able to find markets that you have an affinity to and some of your hobbies, uh, doctors, teachers, coaches, things that uh, those are going to be potential clients for an advisor that's looking to, to join uh, the industry. Uh, particular uh, other markets and locations, I'd say, if you think about, um, you know, doctors, uh, lawyers, other professions, large cities or small cities, they're going to need your services and need your skills. You know, I think about that, Beth, too. We have some very, very successful advisors that are not in metropolitan areas. They're in that small city. They're in South Bend, Indiana. They're in Savannah, Tennessee, Pulaski, Tennessee, you know, you know, whatever. I mean, I could go in and long, but I don't need to do all that. But point is, somebody listening today can understand that this career doesn't have to be in the metropolitan area but what do you tell them is the most important thing for them to understand about whatever the demographic is? What's the, what do you say is the thing that they need to be insensitive to? They need to, some of our most successful advisors have niche markets. And so they really need to be plugged into that market. If you're going to, example, dentist, if, if that's a market you're after, or attorneys, get plugged in, become a part of the uh, local association and chapters, understand their difficulties, their concerns, and how it relates financially. Be that financial expert in that industry. In that particular Correct. area. I appreciated what uh, Robert said, uh, that, you know, a chess club, I'm thinking, do I, you know, I thought might, he might say my horseshoe club, you know, <laughs> or throwing horseshoes, but he said chess club. That's pretty good for me, you know. <laughs> he gave me a little bit of an evolution, you know, moved me up a little bit. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate that. Uh, when you, when you're talking to this demographic thing, is this just a career for men? I know the answer to that already. I know your heart, uh, Robert. But help. I think it's important that you say this and that you really describe the future uh, for a female and what it is like in this business. You know, I think it goes back, Jim, to the flexibility of the organ, uh, the opportunity and being able to make an impact. You know, and those things, I think, resonate with a lot of women advisors in our system. Uh, and additionally, you know, I believe that uh, unlimited uh, earning potential also is, is an attractive nature of the, the opportunity itself. Because, you know, in, in corporate America, if you sense glass ceilings as a, as a woman, uh, you don't have that same type of uh, element here in the uh, financial services arena. 
Well, again, there's there the limited un- income is is not held up to any glass ceiling. It's whatever. I mean, I've got some very dear friends that are females in this industry, and they're doing exceptionally well for their family, and yet they can still be full time moms if they need to be. They can still do the soccer that they need to be. They this is such a flexible career. One of the things that I read about from women from a lot of research, people talk about that ladies really want transparency, education. And a relationship. And I think that is uh, so critical for us to understand. That's really what this career is all about, is transparency, good education, and understanding relationship. Exactly. As a woman, you know, we tend to nurture relationships. Um, we tend to be more effective communicators and less threatening sometimes to, to men. And um, in fact, more women want to work with other women. I'm out networking and talking with people all the time, and, and they are looking for that female advice, someone that they can really trust and relate to and kind of have uh, more of that calming feel to. Well, according to a study recently by Pershing, I know they're talking about that an estimated $30 trillion in wealth will transfer the next generation of investors, and that's over the next 30 years. And as this wealth is transferred, I know that more of it's going to be owned by women than it has been in the past, and that's something that we have to understand. We have to be able to embrace. We're here to help people understand their financial journey and give them guidance through that. It's transparent. It is trying to work with someone, building a relationship. So I understand that we need to look at how you build and develop that relationship, and it's not done that well sometimes by men. Women do a very solid job at that. I mean, I know our ladies in the office do a phenomenal job at building the relationship. Robert, just in closing here, tell me a little bit, if you had it to put it together and think about talking to someone this afternoon that's critical to get into this industry, what advice would you give them? I'd give them advice of just doing a little bit of research, right? There's some excellent research out there to be able to find out what the uh, career of a financial advisor uh, looks like. But also there's coursework, uh, there's internships that are out there for those that are uh, college kids looking to, to get their first job, but also looking at your local uh, financial services organization. They're always willing and open to talk to people that have an interest in this career. You know, that's uh, that's critical. Just uh, talk to talk to people, look at internships. You've been listening to Robert's subjects. Thanks, Robert. Individual field recruitment. He is, of course, with the Wealth Management Group or Securian Financial. And, uh, Robert, thank you for being with us today. Man, always great to have you on the program. We'll do this again sometime. Thanks for having me, Jim. Thank you, sir. Beth, let me ask you this. Bottom line, I mean, if we're really thinking through what we're doing with this career, um, Talk about what you would be like to, for people to know and give me some of the ideas of the desired attributes that you look for when somebody steps into the office. So, number one, you have to have a desire to want to help people. Um, it really helps if you're a self-starter. Have that entrepreneurial like, spirit. Like Robert said, self-starter. Yeah, self-starter, entrepreneurial spirit. This is a career, not a job, that you are building a business. And like you said earlier, a legacy in this career. Um, it really helps. You know, it does require a college degree, so coursework in finance, business, economics. We've seen educators transition very well into this career. And I really look at their social involvement. You really need to be socially connected in the community, whether that's joining 
joining clubs, volunteer groups, associations, church groups. Be out there. People need to know you. You need to have conversations because this is all about building relationships. You know, that's critical that you say that. Building relationships, whether you do it by being a part of the, you know, for me, I'm not that good at building relationships. I mean, I'm not that good at being social. I, I know what you're saying. I'm, I'm not a joiner, in other words. I, I don't join this or join that. But I'm very connected in where I find my passion. My passion's my church, and there's where I've spent my career. It's not to, that I developed my career out of the church. I want that understood. Right. But it's just being with people. It's just that's the part right there. I'm not a good joiner, but I do understand what you're talking about. You right. need to have the ability to communicate. You can't be. I think it, you know we've got some guys in the office that are so good at what they do. But they're not the outgoing right. Mister Mr. Flash in the pan. Right, they're, that's a misconception. So, that's right. That's a misconception. They're not the shake everybody's hand when they go into a group, into a party, or something like that. Exactly, and you really don't have to have that outgoing, typical sales personality. All it is is just being genuine and having meaningful conversations. I with think people. you said the key word there: being genuine. You have something coming up on May the seventeenth. Yes, we are calling this our back. Packs to briefcases. It's a financial advisory advisor career discovery night that will be held at our office um, May 17th at 6 p.m. And this is geared towards recent college graduates. We're going to tell you everything that we know about the industry, what it takes to make it, um, the characteristics that we're looking for, and, and the benefits of this career. So really just it's open to anyone, um, but specifically towards recent grads. Recent grads. That's Thursday, May the 17th. Jason Harrington's the speaker. Join them just to learn how you can launch a dynamic career as a financial advisor with Shoemaker Financial. Beth Heisall, thanks so much for being Thank with you, us Jan. this morning. You know, we've been talking about the career misconceptions or common thoughts about how you might be interested in getting into the career as a financial advisor. We have a lot of questions about that. We thought we'd kind of dedicate today's half of the program about what we were talking about just then, how to get into it. So don't get forget this backpack to briefcases, Thursday, May the 17th. That's the title of it. Jason Harrington's the speaker. That's at 6 o'clock. It's at the office. That's in Germantown. Don't hesitate to give him a call. Seven five seven five seven five seven. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're coming back with uh, Shannon Dyson, and you're going to find out health care update and some questions that I'm sure you'd like to get answers to. This is Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. CBS Money Watch. You may start paying more for wine thanks to global wine production plummeting in 2017 to its lowest level in 60 years. Worldwide output fell more than 8.5% from the year before. Experts blame poor weather in Europe. Meantime, the Republic of Ireland is taking steps towards collecting nearly $16 billion in back taxes owed by Apple. Two years ago, European Union Commission ruled that two tax breaks Apple enjoyed in Ireland amounted to a government subsidy. Those aren't allowed in the EU. Apple and the Irish government are appealing the decision. And that's your CBS Money Watch report. For more, log on to cbsmoneywatch.com. In New York, I'm Diane King-Hall for CBS News. To prevent muscle cramps in your legs and feet, use TheraWorks Relief. This fast-acting foam is clinically proven to relieve leg and foot cramps. Get TheraWorks Relief today at select Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid pharmacies or theraworksrelief.com. Ask your pharmacist for TheraWorks Relief. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. 
Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037, so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve2037? I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Life insurance products contain fees such as mortality and expense charges, which may increase over time, and may contain restrictions such as surrender periods. Please keep in mind that the primary reason to purchase a life insurance product is the death benefit. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. My guest, Shannon Dyson, a frequent guest of the program. He's here to give us kind of the idea. There's so many questions that you've been asking, and the question that hits us a lot is, what's the best type of plan for me, health insurance-wise, a health plan or a group health plan? And, I mean, it is tough. And then do you need a low deductible or a high deductible? I was talking to someone just yesterday, and, it, they, I mean, you could sense the frustration as we were going through the whole questions. Is that just It is so complicated. How do I do? this? How do I do this? Well, I've got the expert in the office today, Shannon Dyson. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me back again. Well, you know, Shannon, here's the question. So many people, when they talk about this, what type of health plan is right for them? How do they know? I mean, I mean, it's it's complicated. It is, um, I, you know, I hate to say this, it, it gets, you get into the weeds so quick and and then you don't know how to get out. Yeah, it's it's a very complicated subject, especially when you you hear a lot about it. We haven't heard a lot about this year on healthcare reform and things like that, so it's been a little bit better. Uh, but over the last few years, it was in the news constantly, and people were always wondering, "Am I not doing something I'm supposed to be doing? Did I do something I shouldn't have done?" And so that was one conversation. Uh, but then inevitably, the conversations come back to, "Okay." Should I go an individual health plan? Is that going to be a better deal for me? Or should I take a part in the group plan that my employer offers? Mm. Um, And that's a complicated question, too. And and typically, we'll just go through and and look at the different types of plan offerings that the the employer offers uh, and help them make a decision. You know, when you talk about that, that's a question for the person retiring. Uh, they're, they're deciding, okay, should I, I mean, maybe they're forced to move into an individual plan, but you know, what about the whole idea of sometimes you get into this, are there exceptions to that decision where you're making group or, or help individual? Is there a yeah, well, so so for people that are retiring or, or, or not retiring, but continuing to work, uh, but trying to choose, okay, I've turned 65 now, um, should I keep my employer plan or should I move on to Medicare with a supplement? Um, and that can get very tricky and very complicated because there's a lot of uh, factors that will help us in making that decision. Um, how big is the company that you work for? How many employees? That's a key deciding factor. Uh, if it's under 20, you might go one way. If it's over 20 employees, you may go another way. Um, and so there's a lot of variables that are that are involved with that. All right. Now, you know, if somebody called me, I, I, I'm going to just be very candid here. If so, if you call me and I and I got a phone call from you and you said, "Hey, Jim, I'm trying to figure out which one of these to do," I'm going to very simply say, "Hang on a second, I'm going to punch Shannon's uh, extension and get Shannon on the phone." 
I think it's so complicated, I don't even attempt to try to figure it all out. Shannon, what do you say? Let's say the person's going to be a do-it-yourselfer. They're not going to call me. They're not going to call you. How do you guide that person? I mean, what would you tell them? Because, I mean, you know, they make the wrong decision. Yeah. It can be, you know, it could be a catastrophe. Well, typically, if your employer is offering a group health plan, that means that they are they are contributing to the cost of that health plan. And so most of the time that you look at or comparing, should I go individual or should I take my employer's plan, Most of the time, you're going to take that employer's plan because you're going to get a better deal because they're contributing towards the cost. Uh, Now comes the fun part of which plan do you choose? If my employer is offering three different plans, which one is right for me? Because they're all going to have different cost structures. Uh, They're all going to have uh, different benefits. Some may have office visit copay. Some may not. Some may have a $6,000 deductible. Some may have a $500 deductible. Which do you think would be more expensive, the $500 <laughs> deductible or the $6,000? I think I could get that one. <laughs> so, you know? so the, but then the decision comes in, okay, well, it's a lot cheaper for me to choose the higher deductible plan. Is that right for me? Uh, should I check? Should I pay more out of my pocket or have more taken out of my check um, and take the lower deductible plan? And that's where the analysis comes in of we can't predict what your future health is going to be, uh, but we can use some three, four, five years of past history to, to try and help us down that road to figure out which would be the best plan. So I know sometimes you talk about deductible being high. You might say, well, it only comes into play if you, you know, if you have some charges, if, if it gets into the point where uh, I've been saving money for several years if you're saving money. Right. I mean, that's the key. Right. So that, what, how do you talk about that? I mean, do you tell people, look, if you're saving but this much money on your premium, saving, okay, then save it. Right. <laughs> and so there are, there are plans out there that are uh, called HSA, Health Savings Account Plans. It's actually the plan that I have uh, for my family. And the reason that we chose that was it saved us $400 a month. Now, if we don't save that $400 a month, like you were saying, and put it in a health savings account, well, if we have a hospital visit or if we have a doctor charge and we have to come out of pocket $1,000, let's say, for tests that were run or an MRI or a CAT scan, well... If we didn't save that money, we still have to come out of pocket for that thousand dollar MRI or gas can. You to pay for it one way or the other. <laughs> so if I spent that money on a TV because you told us to buy the TVs before the tariffs right. kick in with China, <laughs> then I've already spent that money and now I don't have that. Yeah, so it's uh, you've got to save those dollars. And so if you can save three to four hundred dollars a month. Um, and if you've been fairly healthy over the last few years, that's something we ask. You know, how many times have you been to the doctor for illness? Have you been to the hospital at all for illness? Obviously, we can't predict accidents. Uh, but if you stay along that schedule and you're fairly healthy, you could have four to $5,000 saved up in that health savings account so that if you do have something come up, you've got the money available. How do I get an HSA? HSAs are tied to plans that are compatible with them. So the IRS... Um, I forget what year that they actually in- instituted HSAs. They said as long as you have a plan, a health savings, a, a health savings, a health plan. savings plan that is compatible with a health savings account, you can actually offer an account, and it's just a checking account. It's a a checking account with tax privileges. Every dollar that you put in, is it my checking account? It is your checking account. You own the money. Um, every dollar that you put into that account is a reduction in your taxable income. 
All right, now let me let's clarify this for our listeners. If if I don't if I go to my employer, do they have to offer me the HSA or can I do it just on my own? You can do it on your own. If you have a plan that is compatible with that health savings account, then you can open a health savings right, account now on you your asked, own. You said that. If you see see compatible. Compatibility, compatible. yeah. Okay, I'm not compatible yeah. with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it will say on the plan whether the plan is HSA compatible, compatible. or not. Uh, typically, those plans have to be at least uh, $1,750 deductible annually. Uh, you cannot have office copays. So basically, with these types of plans, you are paying out of your pocket. Uh, you get a reduction in the cost for, a, for an insurance discount. So if I have uh, one of the carriers, Aetna, Blue Cross, Humana, United Healthcare, uh, they're going to give me a discount off of what my doctor bill would normally be, but then I'm paying the full cost of that visit. So here I've got a $1,700, $2,000 deductible, $5,000 deductible. I set up an HSA plan. I go out there and I start saving, save money on my premium, four or $500. I need to set that aside. Even though I may not have been to the doctor in the last five years, I need to put that money aside in case I am going to the doctor. Absolutely, because we all know when you go to the doctor, how many times have you ever been and they did not want to run any tests on you? You're always going to have some sort of blood work or x-ray or something done, and those those expenses add up. So it's not as simple as going in, uh, paying 50 or $60 and leaving. You're going to have some charges. And so it's important that the money that you're saving, that you're setting that money aside, if that's the way that you choose to go. If that's the way you choose to go. Right. If you just tuned in, my guest, Shannon Dyson, Vice President of Shoemaker Insurance Solutions. We're talking about health care and what type of plan is is right for you. And it's whether it's a deductible, whether it's a high deductible or low deductible, group health or is individual health. What about an HSA? I mean, you know, it's tax advantaged with you and it's lower, it lowers your cost. So use it. So if you don't have one, find out how to do that. When we come back, we're going to talk about preventive benefits, knowing what they are and how to work through them and put them together. So Shannon Dyson will be back in a second. We're talking about health care. What's the right plan for you? I'm Jim Schumer. This is Talk Money. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. It was said of Memphis philanthropist Robert Church that his word is as good as his bond. He was an incredible success story made all the more remarkable by his having been born a slave. During the race riot of 1866, Church was shot in his saloon and left for dead but he recovered and resolved to remain in Memphis. Church used his own money to build the public park and auditorium on Bill Street, which became a major center of Memphis civic and cultural life. W.C. Handy was employed there for a time, and President Theodore Roosevelt visited the park in 1902. In 1906, Church founded the first African-American-owned bank in Memphis, and during the panic the next year, he avoided a run on his bank by placing bags of money in its windows. Throughout his years in Memphis, Church was the most active philanthropist in the city, saving church property from being seized and purchasing the first bonds issued by the city after it declared bankruptcy. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. 
Well, welcome back. My guest, Shannon Dyson, you're listening to Talk Money, and we're talking to him about what is the best type of health plan for you. And that is a tough question. It is, it's one of those that we end up making, and sometimes we have to change it. We find out we may have didn't make the right decision. Whether it's a health plan that's an individual health plan or group, we talked a little bit about that, high deductible, low deductible. But, but Shannon, here's the question. How do you go about taking advantage of what you're, if you choose a group health plan, taking advantage of everything that it offers. Well, a lot of people they they have a group health plan. They're just not sure the advantages or the other benefits that they get for having that group health plan. So their employer has gone out and made an investment to bring this group plan to the employees. Um, and if I'm so, okay, I choose my plan. I choose the high deductible plan, and now I've got health insurance. And so that's it. I've got a card, and I can go to the doctor. And here's what happens. We take it, we fold it up, we put it in the closet up on the top shelf, and don't think about it Don't again. need it until I get sick. Until you get sick yeah, or well, have an accident. Exactly, or, or have an accident. Um, and so one, one thing that you can take advantage of right away are the preventive benefits of, of a group health plan. All group health plans are, are mandated to offer 100% care for preventive services. So your annual physical is covered at 100%. Uh, well child exams, mammograms, uh, immunizations for children under under the age of 18, all covered at 100%. Let's go back over that because I think that is so critical. I know I get a physical every year. Um, and so when I go into the doctor, that's 100% coverage because that's considered a preventive care. Correct. That was, And that was part of uh, the Affordable Care Act back eight years ago. Uh, all group health plans that are fully insured um, must offer a 100% preventive Mammograms. Benefit. Mammograms covered 100% once a year um, the, for immunizations for your children. Uh, I hear a lot of people that say, well, immunizations are expensive. No, not if you have a group health plan. They're not. They're free. And so you can take your children and get the immunizations can, that are required they go for to their, you know, their primary care physician? Is primary it? care physician. They can go to, yeah, any, any primary care physician or any physician that they've always gone to, they can go to that doctor. As long as they're in the network, we have to make sure that well, the doctor's in the network yep. uh, with your group health plan. Uh, but that's covered at 100%. All right. Now, that's critical for people to understand that if you're looking at a group health plan, knowing how to use your plan Again, not folding it up, putting it in the shop shelf or the closet and forgetting about it. Well, that's one thing, too, that, that we talk to employers about is educating the employees of what is available with their group health plan. Uh, again, like I said, employers have made the investment in bringing this plan. It's not free. They have to, do, they have to put a contribution into this uh, to bring it to their employees. So let's make sure that everybody that is a part of the plan knows the benefits of the plan. And preventive would be one of those. Well, let me uh, – this is a question that I've got to ask because I, this is, I think, such a such an important – problem do you see when you're talking to employers they're getting it because i mean it has been a tough eight nine years i mean literally a tough eight to nine years the reality is are they now becoming more aware of the fact that they've got to educate their their employees i mean it's it's a it's a real big issue they are and and when you when you sit down and you talk to an employer about okay how much money are you spending on this uh, 50 yeah. employee group plan? And, and it can get into the hundreds of thousands of dollars that they're putting forward uh, for this plan. Uh, when an employee sees what's coming out of their paycheck, that's just a portion of what the total premium is. And so for the employers, getting them to understand they need to educate. Um, and physicals, not only um, it's that's a great benefit for an employee, but also it can help 
get some illnesses or treat illnesses before they become serious, uh, which at the end of the day is going to help claims experience. And so if you take that forward three, four, five years, that can also gather in and and control claims for employers so that their rate increases from year to year are not as high as they could have been. So there are reasons for them to do that. So you're really trying your best to get this mindset of teaching and educating. You guys are doing some of these here in the city, some, we some are. wellness. Is it, what are you calling this? Yes, yeah, so we're doing wellness um, seminars. We're also doing financial wellness seminars across the city. And so we've, we've, there's been a big push over the last uh, five, six years for physical wellness and making sure that um, we're taking care of our bodies and that we are not having, we're you know, controlling things before they get out of hand. Uh, but there hasn't been a lot of teaching on to employees from the employer perspective of financial wellness. And so we are out in the city right now. Uh, I think today is one of our classes, and we have these once a month uh, for some of our employers. Uh, we're going through things like budgeting for an employee. We're going through uh, getting out of debt, talking about credit card debt, talking about a lot of things that employees have said, I would really like for my employer to offer something like that to us. That's what we're going out and offering. Well, I, it's, I mentioned that earlier in the program that 26% of consumers with credit card debt admit they're embarrassed <laughs> about their debt right. because they know they spend too much and right. they, they live it above their means. And so you're talking to people that literally to help them not be embarrassed and Absolutely. get out of debt. So that's another thing that employers can offer. That it, going back to the, the group health plans and things that employers can emphasize that are already a part of what they're paying for. Uh, There's a feature called Teladoc on most group health plans today. Uh, But if you were to poll the employees of groups, you'd probably get a very low percentage that actually know what they have when when I say Teladoc. Um, And Teladoc is basically a service that allows you as the employee uh, 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week access to a board-certified physician, uh, either through video conference or phone call, uh, where if you have a sinus infection or if you have ear infection or you've got fever, whatever you have, you can call that doctor. Um, he will ask you a few questions, and if you need an antibiotic or something like that prescribed, he can go ahead and call that into your pharmacy, um, and you can get all of that done in 30 minutes. You don't and have to go sit in the doctor's office. <laughs> you can do that from the comfort of your home. You know, that's amazing because we've talked about that before, but the reality is if you were, if you have an emergency and you go to the emergency room, it is jam-packed. Jam-packed, absolutely. And yeah. I, I, was you, I was there not too long ago with someone who cut his hand, and uh, uh, it was serious. You can't call Teladoc for no. that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, what do I do? You know, but the reality, it was an emergency. Yeah. It was you know, severe. Uh, but we now they took us, you know, took this individual. I was with him, and he went straight to the emergency room. And he went straight to a place to get it sewed up. They had to get it stopped the bleeding. This problem that we looked at was just an enormous number of people. Now, they took the emergency. Right. But you could see the clutter and the, I mean, it was enormous. Now, I understand that that's a lot of people's primary care physician. Sure. But you're saying if they have group health, they got a teledoc. What about the person who doesn't have group health? Yeah, so if you don't have the group health plan, um, you know, you're, you're going to, and well, I shouldn't say this because I go to these places too, and I do have a group health plan. The Kroger, uh, yeah, the, the walk-in yeah. clinics, the walk-in clinics, uh, those are great, especially Absolutely. if you're there and you're for a quick. If you know what you have, you want to walk in and get a, got a antibiotic little, prescribed. It's right. great. Um, things like that would be available. Um, I actually used the Teladoc earlier this year, um, so I have firsthand knowledge of of how it works. Um, it's, I think, it took me 15 minutes total. Uh, I was able to go get the prescription within the next hour, and so I was I was ready to go. I was on, on the mend. 
So amazing what you can do if you just know. And, of course, with your teaching this financial wellness where you're educating the employees of an employer, that's a powerful thing to do right there. Uh, We're going to take a break in a few minutes and just come back here because I think it's important for us to understand if you were to continue to work. Now, I'm talking to you. If you're listening, pay attention. If you continue to work after age 65, you've got this question. I have my group health plan. Or to go ahead and go on to Medicare? Well, that's a question that I tell you everybody has to wrestle with when they turn 65. It's just normal. And so when it happens, what do you do? Well, those are coming to some of the things that we're going to try to answer when we come back. And also, we're going to find out that Medicare Part A is free. And there's a reason for that. And you need to understand why it's free. Shannon's going to go through that process with us. We're talking to Shannon Dyson, Vice President of Shoemaker Insurance Solutions. He's here to help us to understand what type of health care plan he's given us tons. I mean, I like to just tap into this guy. I learn something every time he's on the program. I am Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to KWAM 990 FM 107.9, the talk radio, the voice of Memphis and the Mid-South. This is Talk Money. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Hi, this is George Bryant, General Manager of The Voice FM 107.9 and AM 990 with a special announcement. If you're an expert in your field, if you represent an organization, if you think you can help Memphis become a better place by sharing your life experience on family, environment, health, relationships, government, home improvement, raising pets, whatever your passion is, give me a call. If you've ever wanted to have your own radio show or podcast, now is the time. We have immediate opening, so call me today. You can be the host of your own show, a show that you own. Talk to Memphis on The Voice, FM 107.9 and AM 990. My number is 901-261-4200, extension 228. That's 261-4200, extension 228. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, I'm talking with Shannon Dyson, and you've been listening to a program. We get a ton of requests about this, and I tell you, this is one of those programs that I know you'll want to go back and listen to it on the podcast, and I feel free to do that. And he's, Greg's already told you how to do that, and of course, just call the office. But here, here's the thing. Understanding health care is, is kind of confusing, bottom line. And that's what so many people ask. And it's good. But, Shannon, before we get into this idea of keeping my group plan and Medicare, I, I know we talked about some of the benefits, the physical immunizations, mammograms, well baby, you know, well baby visits right. up to age from birth to age 21. Right. That's critical. Now, are there other benefits that you need to be sensitive to with a group health plan? Yeah, so if you're part of a group health plan and you are on any type of maintenance medication uh, or if you have diabetes and you have supplies that you need to get, most group health plans or the company that it is with, whether it be Cigna, Blue Cross, United Healthcare, will have some sort of program that could help you get free supplies uh, if you have diabetes or give you some sort of discount on your maintenance drugs. You need to ask about that you know, with your employer through your group health plan if something like that is available. So, so if you're on that type of program, is it's your responsibility to, to ask? Do you, ask you said the employer. What about my 
physician? What about my druggist, you my need, pharmacist? You need to go to the. You'll have a number on the back of your card. You can call the insurance carrier. They'll know if they if they offer those programs because they want you to be getting your supplies. They want you to if you have diabetes. They want you they to be want able you taking to get, them as yeah. medications, and so they have those programs available to you. And then the other thing is just making sure if you have a dental or vision plan that's associated with your group health plan, take a look at it. A lot of times it's a lot cheaper than what you can get on the individual market. So take full advantage of those benefits. Benefits that are offered to you. So this is if you're going to have to spend the money, your employer is spending the money. Don't fold it up, put it in the shelf in the closet. Spend some energy to learn. Learn about much, what you have, yeah, what you have, especially the benefit side of it, of yeah. course. And then whether or not you have the high deductible or the low deductible, and the HSA. You mentioned the HSA, yep. and I think that is such a you know important understanding of what that is. A health savings account. It's your own checking account. It does give you some tax advantages. All right, here's the question: If you continue to work. After age 65, should you stay on your group plan or do you go ahead and take Medicare? And the question, I guess, is it's a choice. Do I have to take Medicare? Yeah, so when you, I get this question quite frequently Every day. Uh, these days. Um, so when you turn 65, you get Part A of Medicare for free. Um, it's, it's, that is the hospitalization part of Medicare. All right. Does that, this question, does that interfere with my health plan? It doesn't. Um, it, it, well, it doesn't and it does. So like I said, there's no easy answer with this. So there's really no reason not to take part A of Medicare once you turn 65, uh, unless those health savings account we talked about a few minutes ago, uh, if you are contributing to a health savings account, do not take part A of Medicare. Uh, you can no longer contribute to that health savings account if you do that. And so that's something that <laughs> we've had come up. I love the way you up. said that. I love the way you said that. You should, but there might be a chance you might not. It, it, There's uh, really only one reason not to take Part A, and, and that is if you're contributing to a health savings account. All right, let's make sure. What happens to your HSA account? You still have the money. You can still use it for medical bills. You can use it for prescriptions. Um, you can use it for testing. You can use it whatever you need it for, dental, vision, uh, but you can no longer contribute to it. Now, the contribution is not tax deductible. At that point, it is not, not. correct. Okay. So the, you just understand you can still use it, but you can't, you know, it's it's not going to be. If you're still working um, and you turn 65 and you're contributing to an HSA, you're getting that tax deduction for doing that, don't take Part A. You are not required to take Part A if you are still working and not taking Medicare and not taking Social Security benefits. Okay, that's a good point. What about Medicare B? So Part B does have a cost uh, associated with it. It's $134 per month. Um, if your household income is less than $170,000 a year. Again, nothing's easy. <laughs> nothing's just a yes or it's this number. It's $134 a month uh, for every household that makes under $170,000 or an individual making less than $85,000 a year. Uh, Part B is for doctor charges, outpatient charges, anything outside of the hospital. But it's a secondary payer. Again, now, yeah. what does that mean if I say secondary payer? So, so Part B insurance ha- carries with it its own deductible. Uh, it carries with it you have to pay 20% of all charges uh, once you have Part B. And the reason that we advise clients, if you're still working at age 65, you don't need 
Part B. Uh, you don't need to pay an additional premium. You, you have for the Part group B. health. You have the group health is, is, that's going to pay. Um, if your if your company is more than twenty employees, your group plan is primary anyway. And so that Part B insurance that you're paying for is not going to do you any good. So don't take that Part B until you actually retire. All right. Now you've got it down to Part A is free. Part B is going to cost you some money. You need to think about it before you just automatically take it. Now I'm retired. Yes. Okay. What what do I do? So now? once you retire and you no longer have your, your group health plan, at that point, you, you do pick up Part B. And so I've got $134, assuming that you are uh, taking Social Security at that point, that $134 would be deducted from your Social Security check. Um, we mentioned that you have deductibles with Part A, you have deductibles with Part B. Um, at that point, we want to pick up a Medicare supplement. Uh, Medicare supplements have Plan F, Plan G, Plan B, Plan C. There's a lot of different plans with Medicare supplements to choose from. And it seems like sometimes I'm drinking from a fire hose when I try to have to, <laughs> you know, figure out. Yeah. All right, tell me what I need to look for in, you know, a minute or less. Tell me what I'm thinking about. If I'm looking for a Medicare supplement, mm-hmm. what do I need to be looking for? What we typically do is is have a, a client bring in what they were paying for their group health plan at the time. It's usually a husband wife that come in, they say, hey, we're both retiring, or my insurance was under my spouse. Um, Now they're retiring, so we're both going to need to go on to a Medicare supplement. So we have them bring in what they currently had as far as a group plan, their benefits, how much they were paying, and then we break it down and show them, okay, this is what Part B is going to cost you, this is what a Plan G supplement is going to cost you, and this is what your prescription Part D is going to cost you. And typically, it is far less than what they were paying on a group plan, and the benefits are even better. And so that's kind of what we're looking at when we say, what, how much am I spending, and what are my benefits going to be when I actually go and use the insurance? Do you ever get a sense that that person, when they walk out, they're still confused? I know you do a great job of explaining it, but it is confusing. It's, it's it's frustrating. It's almost like clockwork. So if they are ready to sign up and we go through the whole process, they walk out of the office understanding what they did and they feel good about it. If it's just an initial conference where we're talking about what's going to happen in three or four months, months. we have that meeting. They come back in a couple months and they, can we go through that one more <laughs> time <laughs> real quick? It is difficult. Yeah, it, it is. is. It is very difficult. difficult. Yeah. There's no way around it. So if you would like to talk to Shannon, this is going to tell you his number, 757-5757. I can tell you, guys, I've done this for a long, long, long time, and it is so confusing. It changes. And every time you tr- think you know what you're doing, it gets kind of out of the hand and you just kind of lose it. Shannon, quickly. How would you summarize this? What do you try to tell people in just short timing? Just really, what would you try to share? Don't try to do it on your own, especially when it comes to Medicare. Um, You're going to get shoeboxes full of mailers um, when you when you approach age 65. We haven't even talked about Medicare Advantage plans today. Um, That's another thing that you get bombarded with. So just don't try to do it yourself and get some help. You know basically getting through that process. What type of health plan is right for you? Shannon Dyson, you'll want to listen to this program again on the podcast. Hey, thanks for being a part of today's program. It's always a pleasure. We hope we've answered questions that you've asked us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening, of course, to FM 107.9 and AM 990, The Voice. Thank you for being a part of today's program. This is Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. 
Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Security and Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. 